You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Then I need to get a JK thing off my chest. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Who's the winner? Some may say none of them. But let the games begin. Three questions, one winner. It's Cram Session with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. All right. We had to say goodbye to Rami. We cut him out. Cut him off. Enough he of his. He can't be a threat. Enough of his uh, sucking up to Jonathan and pandering to the judge here. So hey, if the, you want the points. You got you yeah. to do, do what's needed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Whatever's necessary, Phil. Man. It sounds bad. Turn yeah. weird. Yep. Hey, I just know the truth, okay? Do what you got to do. To stay alive in these parts, these cram session parts on Mackie and Jeb with Rami. So the game is very simple. Jonathan asks us three questions on Mondays and Thursdays and then awards a point arbitrarily or to the person who sucks up the most, really, is what the uh, the precedent is. So, Jonathan, what do you got for question number one here? All right. Question number one. If Sergio Romo is the only move the Twins make, it's blank. You want me to go first? Yeah. Time to take the gloves off. This is, if this, in this season, with the success you've had with the team you have, with the American League really not being that good, I mean, I'm sorry, but the Yankees, they don't scare you. The Red Sox, they don't scare you. The Astros are really good. They don't scare you. Everybody's trying to get pitching. You have a chance to jump in front of of that line. Hell, you had the chance on Sunday when Marcus Stroman got traded for far less than I expected to the Mets. It's time to take the gloves off. The the Falvey Levine regime, which so far, just to be clear, so far I like. Mm-hmm. But I've said, you know what? Just like with uh, Gerson Rosas, these are all. I like what you're doing, but let's see a lot more because and and you get to times like this where this is not 2017 where you've got a nice pop up year and it's fun and, and you make some deals that are basically giving up when you probably shouldn't, but you're still like, I I sort of get it, okay, it's not there yet. You talk about popping, the 2019 Twins have popped, not popped up, they popped. If they don't make a deal here that is substantial, and I mean for a starting pitcher, and I would like like one more piece of bullpen help as well by 3 o'clock on Wednesday, I think it's time to take the gloves off in time for severe criticism, because then my question is, if not now, are you ever going to do it? Yeah, well, I mean... Couple, I'll circle up to my answer here in just a second, but to piggyback off what you're saying, I've been on either Score North or 1500 ESPN or even for a few months, the old AM 1500. I've been on 1500 radio airwaves for 10 years talking about the Twins on a on a daily basis. Well, not daily because sometimes there's really nothing to talk about. I like get what you're summer, saying. But you know what I'm saying. A lot. Yep, quite a bit. And covered them for quite a while. Yeah, that's true. Covered them on the beat for four years. And I've been saying for almost that entire time, even in 2010, I could I could understand and justify 
This is a really good team as is. Liriano was great in 2010. You had Carl Pavano. Don't go mortgaging your entire future on one. Now, in retrospect, should you have traded Aaron Hicks for Cliff Lee 100%? But from 2011 up until this year, I've pretty much stuck to the same line of logic, which is when the time is right, strike. But don't don't try and fix a 90 loss team in free agency. Don't if you if you're if you're mediocre or bad, don't trade all your future pieces for pieces that help you now. You got to build the thing from within. And then when the timing is right, you strike and you pay the price that it takes to upgrade your team in July. And when that summer comes around and the timing is right, then we will put them under a magnifying glass, under a telescope, a microscope, whatever it is that helps you see things that are smaller. Anybody else have any they want to add to that list? Microscope? Yeah. And then we will. Microscope shows a lot of stuff. I'm not sure (laughs) I want. Telescope shows space. Yeah. Spyglass thing? Yeah. Kind of depends on your your angle, I guess. (laughs) Then we judge them, right? Yes. Well, that summer is now. Correct. And so to fill in the blank, if Sergio Romo is the only move the Twins make, it is another Yankees sweep or Astros sweep, but another Yankees sweep is what will happen in the in the postseason. We actually had we had someone point out here, was it Brian tweeted into the show, at Phil Mackey, at Score North, at Jay Zilgat, at Rami is tweeting. And, uh, and he brings up, I, you know me, I'm a stat geek. Probably sometimes I go too far with just how much stock I will put into statistics and advanced analytics. And Brian tweets in, yes, the Twins, who are fifth in wins above replacement in starting pitching and fourth in wins above replacement in relief pitching, are starving for starting pitching. The numbers don't support that constant trade complaint. He's saying, hey, look at the numbers. Go in-depth. Pitching is bad across the board, and the Twins are actually top five in starter and reliever wins above replacement. And the numbers might tell you that. But then I would flip it around and say, all right, Brian, this is coming from a stat geek. Okay, This is coming from someone who loves wins above replacement and fan graphs and all those nerdy things. Let's say those numbers are true and that those numbers are fine and great, okay? Aaron Judge is at the plate in a close game at Yankee Stadium. Do you trust Ryan Harper? Well, How much do you trust Ryan Harper in that spot? you trust Trevor May? How much, how about how much the three do you trust ga- Trevor May? The th- three games that you just saw at Target Field last week against the Yankees. Yeah. And I know Burrios did not start, but I will remind you, the, the starting pitchers that you threw out there went four, five, and four innings. Like, you just... I. <laughs> The stats are valuable, but they have to be weighed with what you see. Yes. They have to be. You can't just blindly defend a team based on a spreadsheet. Yes. While I agree with Judd, it would be time to take the gloves off if this is the only move that they would make. I agree with Phil Moore that it would be another Yankees-Astro sweep. It wouldn't feel like another letdown and another missed chance. I think we're all in lockstep on this, though, right? Yeah, this is... uh... And I do think they're going to make a move. I think something significant is going to happen here. I I, I don't think it's going to be Noah Syndergaard, but I do. I think they're going to add like a Mike Miner for there's the the Thad Levine connection in Texas. He's sure. got the John Daniels relationship. Texas is sitting third in a tough division behind Oakland. Uh, they might even be sitting fourth now. I think behind the Angels too. So they're not like they're going to sell. Mm-hmm. Mike Miner has been wonderful. For the last couple of years, you could you could improve these things without Noah Syndergaard. Noah Syndergaard would be really fun. Robbie but, Ray, 
Robbie Ray. But my, was, but my question after the Stroman deal is, what exactly are you putting on the table? The Stroman deal didn't ex- didn't knock your socks off. Like nobody. That's the weird thing. The Yankees could have had Marcus Stroman. The Yankees need a starting pitcher worse than the Twins need a starting pitcher. I know, but that but that actually frustrates me more because you had a chance to take him away then, improve your ball club, and keep him from the Yankees. The good news is at least he's with the Mets, who are like going to be harmless the next couple months. Might not be good news for Marcus Stroman. (laughs) We talked about it earlier, Trevor Bauer's rage quit throw that he did the other day. What, uh, (laughs) let's just rephrase this, Trevor Bauer rage quitting and throwing the ball from the pitcher's mound over the center field. Rage quitting, I like that, Was blank. It's a video game term. I was going to say, is rage quitting like... Yes, it's when you basically throw your controller and just walk away. (laughs) And have you done it? (laughs) No comment. Many a times. I've gone through many a controller back in my junior high days. Yeah, I used to break PlayStation and Super Nintendo controllers. What's wrong with you guys? And, uh, okay, what games would you be most (sighs) regularly rage quitting? Madden. Easily Madden. That's the one that made me rage quit the most. That's why I had to give up the entire series. Did you ever like, break something? Um, can't remember. <laughs> rage quitting is hilarious. I've broken controllers. I know that. Rage quit sounds like a I've broken like a many band. a controller, Heavy as my mom band. can attest to. I've gone through a number of controllers in my junior high day. So I would... Uh, it's your turn. I've never heard the, t- the phrase or the term rage quit until Jonathan asked that question, and it's, it's amazing. It's ladies a great ge- term. Ladies and it. gentlemen... Please welcome the stage, Rage Quit. Oh, that'd be a great heavy metal band. Heavy metal band. Come on. Yes, Yes, thank you, everybody. Mohawks. And they don't end with an encore. They just end by just, it's just an abrupt end. And then they break all their instruments. Yes. Including the drums. (laughs) They just walk off stage. And and they never play again. Just did. Because they're Rage Quit. Yep. The the games that I would always get the most mad at were, were, it would take you hours and hours or like weeks to get to the end of something. So... You'd get to, uh, like, I used to play this game Medal of Honor for PlayStation. Mm-hmm. It was like a first-person shoot 'em up kind of a game, but you're in World War II. And it would take, like, two weeks to go from the first level all the way to the end, and then you'd just get, like, it would just be over after two weeks of work, and the <laughs> controller broken every time across the room. Wow. What was the question again? Trevor Bauer rage quitting and throwing the ball from the pitcher's mound over the center field wall was blank. Oh, yeah. Um, I I know you're gonna you're gonna mock and ridicule this take again, Judd. But I think it's I honestly <laughs> no. Think, I'm just shocked it's coming from you. I'm actually I don't mind the take. It's the person who's saying it. Yeah. I just don't need. I've got a great clubhouse. I've got a a a, a winning vibe happening right now. I got a bunch of mature adults for the most part inside my clubhouse. I don't need some. Mental midget with no concept of oh, emotional boy. intelligence. Hope he doesn't hear this show because I've hear he's downloading it before. Also, I hear Trevor Bowers listen before. That's <laughs> what my spies tell me. See? Yes. Well, Trevor, I could also just I could stay away from the rage quitting, and I could just point to the fact that you've been a major league pitcher now. Let's not even count your first couple of years where you made a handful of starts. This is your sixth full season, and you've had one really good year, and the others are just kind of meh. Who, who am I to believe? The guy who had one pop-up season last year, or the guy who cuts his hand on a drone in the World Series, rage quits Flat with Terry Francona walking out to the mound, and who says he has women sign contracts that say, do not get emotionally attached to me. Like, okay, buddy. I'm just kind of done with Trevor Bauer, I guess. And, and, and this weekend was the last draw. All right. Um, I'll give you two words, Jonathan Harrison. Okay. Juvenile and hilarious. <laughs> because my partner, I, I if I was to give... Phil Mackey, credit for 
one thing through the, through the course of our doing this show together, which is four, five years now? Uh, five and a half years. Five and a half years. Congratulations. Thank you. If I was to give you credit for one thing, it would be loosening me up to sometimes see what, what I used to think, you know, baseball was serious. Yeah. Not as serious as I thought at one time. So it was juvenile and it was stupid. And as Terry Francona came out and said, what the bleep are you, what's your pro, what's the bleep's your problem? But it was also hilarious for a grown man to heave a baseball over a center field wall. It was impressive. And it was impressive. And you know what? I laughed and I said, that's Trevor Bauer. I don't want tantrum guy. Well, I don't dis- I want bat flip fun guy, not tantrum guy. I don't guy. disagree with you, but it was, but I mean, I think it's Rob Dibble, Dibble Dave Rigetti, and there was one more name of guys I've heard through the years who have taken a baseball and heaved it basically either out of a stadium or in, in Dibble's case, he hit a school teacher and got suspended. <laughs> so, but in this case, he didn't hurt a person. So right. it's juvenile and it's hilarious. He almost hurt his center fielder by just sheer shock. And the center the fielder turned happened. around like, did you give yeah. up another home run? <laughs> Francisco Lindor, the look on his face, the star franchise player, one of the best players in baseball at shortstop, just stared at Trevor Bauer. Well, yeah, with, you're like, not, his head cocked sideways. You're not wrong. He's just go. <laughs> yeah. Go to another team. Go to the Yankees. I would have a really hard time not laughing if I was one of the players on the field and I just see that. I'm going to agree with Judd here. Juvenile and hilarious. It is. It was an awesome. It was an awesome tantrum to see and just see a guy huck a ball from the pitcher. And he mouth. was just mad. Yeah, like it wasn't about Francona. I don't think it was about one guy who screwed up. I think he's just mad. The other part of that whole clip that was hilarious is Francona just pointing to the dugout like. Go sit down. Go in the corner. Because <laughs> you can't take the ball anymore. <laughs> I, I, will, I will say this about Bauer. And, and the SI piece pointed this out really well. It implied it and pointed it out, but it didn't come out and say it. You are. You cannot be as finicky as he is and, and as, dude, I don't care, without caring a lot. Like, I think yeah. he cares a ton. Yes. Like, I think that the whole thing about him, him ha- having potential girlfriends sign contracts. He's super insecure. Is he's super insecure, and he's afraid of being hurt. And so his way is to be as big of a bleep as possible. You know who You know who really, truly doesn't care is a guy like Barry Zito who wears flip-flops and yes, doesn't shower doesn't. all season. And probably like, that guy yes. doesn't care. Good point. But Trevor, yeah, anyone who's... Who's boasting how much they don't really care? And they have to sign a contract to go what to sleep with me yeah. or whatever. I don't catch you feelings care. in relationships. Like, all right, buddy. Yeah, you care a lot. That's uh, that sounds good. We're gonna do question three here in cram session when we come back. Wow, it's run over the t- time, huh? Yes. All right. Bonus cram session nice. and twins phone lines are just gonna be open throughout the week on this show six five one six four six eight two five five. If you have fun trade ideas, we would love to hear them. Join me. Callum Williams, Kendra D. St. Abbott, and Jamie Watson for Score North's coverage of Minnesota United and Portland Timbers this Sunday afternoon with pregame at 2.30, kickoff at 3, right here on Score North on AM 1500, scorenorth.com, and the free Score North mobile app. All right, thank you, Jonathan Harrison, Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North and that aforementioned Score North mobile app that Jonathan speaks of. Rami is Rami's going to be with us for the first hour of our show these next few days. He is part of a comedy festival in Milwaukee this week, and he'll be part of, like all of us, the Scorner Twin Show, which is all hands on deck this week with all the rumors swirling. Derek Falvey was a guest on that show today. You can find that anywhere you find your favorite podcast or scornorth.com and the Scornorth mobile app. But I believe we're in the middle of a cram session, Jonathan yeah, it's Harrison. tied up right now, 1-1. Okay. It is that time of the baseball season with tons of reckless trade speculation, so I want the most reckless 
trade rumor you've ever heard about a team you were covering in any sport? I'm going, so I, I've given this great thought, and I'm actually going to give you one that came true because oh. it, it was reckless and, and the divorce was near, and yet you thought to yourself, really, that's the return for this guy? who's given the Vikings all of these great years. It's the Randy Moss trade to Oakland. And when that surfaced and you're, and they're like, yeah, yeah. yeah and it's Napoleon Harris. Okay. Yeah. What and, else? And, and a pick. Yeah. And uh, the seventh overall pick. Yeah. What are you going to do with that? Troy Williamson. <laughs> and, and I believe a seventh round pick and the recklessness of that speculation and rumor being turned into reality made it even more reckless and ultimately stupid. And Oakland screwed Moss up until he went to the Patriots. So it's not like it even worked out for them. But, I mean, this guy had been a French, and I know he could be a pain in the ass, so don't get me wrong here. I'm not defending him completely. But nonetheless, this guy had been a franchise league-altering player, and that was it? That speculation made no sense, and it was only trumped by the fact that the trade itself made no sense. That's, uh, yeah, the... Both Moss Vikings related trades were amazing, and right. and the the fact that a player that great can just be like, eh, we'll just get a linebacker and a and a pick, and then yes. the other way around is like, ah, the third round pick, just get him out. Well, and then that seventh pick yeah. has to be used on a franchise altering player, and they basically were like, who's the fastest guy that can replace Randy? <laughs> I mean, my God, the guy brought more skills, right? He was fast, he had unbelievable hands, and they were like, but this kid from yeah. South Carolina, he's fast. Oh, it's hilarious. Yeah. It's amazing. It's really not, but it is. So I'm going to go with one, and and I'm I didn't cover this team as like a writer or anything, but and this was just a, a report that I think swirled around at the time. But do you guys remember the 2007 NBA trade deadline when Allen Iverson was on the outs with the 76ers and they were going to trade him to a contender of some kind? Mm-hmm. And the Minnesota Timberwolves were involved in that discussion. And instead, Iverson wound up going to the Nuggets, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah, he went to the Nuggets. And then he, so he played like two or three years with the Nuggets. And then he went to Detroit and he kind of bounced around. And that was the end of him. It was a quick drop. He went from 30 points a game and MVP with the Sixers. Then he went to the Nuggets. And it was just, you don't find a lot of six foot guards in the NBA that are really good into their 30s. But the idea before he had fallen off a cliff, because as I pull this up here, he was still averaging 30-plus points a game with Philadelphia and was still this premier player, or at least that was the image of him. And his teammates were mostly old and terrible. Kevin Garnett's teammates were mostly, not old, but just terrible in 2007. <laughs> yeah, they weren't. They actually weren't old at all at that point. And their career arc to that point kind of told the same story, which is one-man band, Front office can't get it right. They've had some good. They've had a, like Larry Brown was a good coach for Allen Iverson, just like Flip Saunders was a great coach for Kevin Garnett. But the idea of taking these two lone wolf type players who've always lacked that secondary star and putting them together for one last run at it just seemed like such a fun idea. And I don't know why it didn't go through for the Timberwolves or how seriously they explored it or if they even had the the capital and the assets to pull it off, but. Uh, he goes to yeah. He goes to Denver, and at one point, I think like was it in, in Detroit? No, maybe it was in Philadelphia. Because at one point, Philadelphia traded for Chris Webber, and they kind of did it the other way around, where they kept yeah, Iverson right. like the year before, and they brought in old Chris Webber right. to play for them. And like, 
And I and I remember Wolves fans lamenting, "Well, this is what the Wolves should have done: brought over Iverson." I love the NBA, but uh, it never never quite materialized. And I think as a Wolves guy, my whole life, I think that would have been super super fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna agree with Phil here, just because this one hurts less than getting rid of Randy Moss and in the middle of his prime. Randy Moss just trading him away for what little you got hurts still to this day, and just the thought of Allen Iverson coming here to the Wolves in the middle of that run that they had, mm-hmm. that would have been awesome. Yeah. So Phil wins today. All right. I'm done with you. There it is. I'm done with Jonathan. <laughs> That's all it took. By the way, nice performance by your soccer squad on Saturday. Yeah, don't get me started. It wasn't fun. Vancouver. Yeah. Woo! But it was a draw. Yeah. Against the worst team in the league right now. The point? In your How long has it been since they house? haven't accumulated a point in the game? Uh, this Two and, the and a half run, months. The run's now nine games. Let's not let's beggars yeah, that, can't be choosers too much. This is here, why okay? our expectations yeah, but, are going up. Yeah, but Vancouver hasn't won in now eleven games. They're a okay. team that gave up sixty two shots in two games. How was the gaffer? Uh, he was optimistic. I mean it was he w- he was like Phil, it's still a point. So disappointing that was, that's the how gaffer. He said it. That's I'm what he said after the gaffer. The but I feel like our do, Well, he's we, coming in, you can talk to him. Good. Okay. Yeah. Can we actually can we, can we let's just have Judd do the coaches show with Adrian Heath for an hour and see what happens. All right. Jamie's probably listening in his car on his way in. Jamie, you can turn around. <laughs> just turn around. Do it. Jamie just <laughs> turned around. Did a hard U turn. See you. Bye. Bye. Ask see you all the the tough questions. No, it'll be tough questions. I'd commiserate <laughs> with him. All, all I'm saying, guys, show up and don't play hard. I'm just saying, let's not get out over our skis too much here. This has been an incredible run see, for Minnesota so, United. This is so okay? Minnesota sports fan right here. And let's not expect this too much. team was not expected to be this high in the but standings now you slash table. The standings. Now you're now you're not hosting a playoff game. Okay, let's just get listen what, to my guy here. I love how here, picky okay? you're being right now. Not hosting a playoff Why game. Why didn't you let's give me the, the win here? I'm with first. you. I want to host a playoff game at Allianz Field. I, I got you. Like, be get, great. To the, get to the playoffs first. Next year, host a playoff game. Well, let's baby steps here. Let's let's host the U.S. Open Cup final here. Let's beat Portland. Let's have Orlando beat Atlanta, and then the U.S. Open Cup finals here. We can host that. Get a playoff atmosphere here. Is it always MLS teams that get to the U.S. Uh, Open Cup? Yeah. They're, they're the better teams. Do any of these other like sub division leagues ever send a team to the finals? It's happened a couple times. I can't remember the last time. I think 2008 was the last time it happened. It's been a while. Okay. Maybe Let's not see here. Recently. I'm I'm online right now trying to find out how bad Vancouver is before I really pass judgment. <laughs> before I really come down hard on things. They're I, I want to see how bad they are. Second to last in the Western Conference. I think oh, 21 oh, points. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're not good. 24 games, 4, 11, and 9, 23. Oh, they're minus 18 in gold differential, Phil. On the road, they're now one six and five. Yeah, like I said, you got to have in the, the, in the two games prior to the, to the Minnesota game on Saturday, they had given up sixty four shots to I think like twelve. They're like Yankees pitching. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, hmm. ERA is not good. Hey, since we're on the subject of football, football, <laughs> can we get before we wrap with Ricey and force reckless twins trade speculation down his throat for the uh, wrap with Ricey portion? <laughs> he is so. You know, did did you see he trolled us all? On Twitter on which time? Saturday, I feel like he was trolling everybody all the time. So he sent was some... it Sergio Romo? No, tweet? no. Before that, I believe it was Saturday morning before the trade was made. He tweeted something about yeah, he hates our speculation. Up, the Twins are in first place, but but the greatest part was it was classic Royce trolling because he tweeted something he didn't believe in order to torture it in, into trolling us, and it was something like the Twins are in first place, blah blah blah. 
Um, time to dial down the speculation. Yes, I'm talking to you, my colleagues at at Score, Score North. North. Yeah, yeah. But, but it that, was great because he doesn't. That wasn't a troll job. That was just that's like how he feels, right? He, uh, he no. Yeah, I refuse to believe he is celebrating the twins as much as he claims of late. I think he gets really, really. He's an old newspaper guy at heart, and I, I and there was an era of. Well, most of the history of newspapers is about telling people the news and what happened. Yes. And now we live in an era of media where it's less about what happened because it's really easy to find out what happened. And, what and it's more happen? about what could happen. Absolutely. And I think I oh, think yeah, that I comes from a school of thought where it's like he's a little bit perplexed and miffed as to like, why are people spending so much time talking about things that probably won't happen? And my answer is always because <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> well, it's more it's interesting. Hilarious. I don't know. Yeah. And plus it... it in my mind, sets up an expectation to, by 3 o'clock on Wednesday, make a move. And if you don't, we can rip you for it. So we can set a false expectation. Yes, but it's a correct you, one. You don't meet our false expectation, and then we get to rip you for it. It's, a, it's genius, it's really. False, it's false, but we're right. As long as you believe in your heart you're right, then you're fine. Now, if you create an expectation that you... Like, if I was to say, if I was to say, by 3 o'clock on Wednesday... I want Clayton Kershaw here. And if the twins don't get him, the twins don't care. I can't do that. Put a ransom out. Yeah, I can't do that though, right? Like, I've even bet, I'm not even near. I will find you and I will kill you. (laughs) I know how to go to Los Angeles. I am not. Got a particular set of skills. Even on. skills. For instance, the Granky thing. You know, go get Granky. No, the contract stinks and I'm not going to pick that up and the term is. But I am on it. I am in the thought process of you need to go get like. One of these four guys. I think that's very reasonable. And if I you, agree with that. And if you don't do it, I'll rip you. I agree with that. And I think what Pat would say, and we'll, we'll just talk to him in like 10 minutes, but what Pat would say is, it hasn't happened yet. I, when no, it right. happens, I will talk about the thing no, right. that happened. No, you're right. And that's Stop a very... trying to predict what's going to happen. I worked with a lot of people <laughs> at the Star Tribune who felt that way. Yes, oh, you are correct about that. And uh, you can just inject all of this into my veins, all of the, the might happen stuff. But can we get like three minutes of Judd Zolgad? This has been a very twins-heavy show, and we're very much all in on this trade deadline. But give us like three minutes of Vikings training camp observations from your time out there. Nah. You were on Purple Daily today. Yes, yes. And- so the, the why, why is Adam Thielen, <laughs> why is he the holder in certain portions of practice. Uh, because it appears to be, if competition's probably not the right word, it appears to be two guys vying for that job right now. Thielen is one, and the punter who held Wait, last Thielen's year. Thielen's vying for the job? Well, he's if certainly I'm auditioning. Thielen, I'm dropping well, every snap on purpose. they're certainly having him audition for it, right? I would allow a ball to come off my I face just... mask so that they would never put me back there again. <sighs> Here's my problem. I'm geeky enough that, that this intrigues me. I don't think it's a good idea. But they definitely, there's some thought process. I don't know if they thought that, that the punter who held for um, Carlson and then Bailey last year was not that good because he's, he's still doing it at times. But Thielen is definitely a candidate to hold. Now, now Are we blaming Bailey's struggles on the holder now? I hope not. I hope not. Now, now my friend Scott Nelson from Mankato did tweet me or did text me today and because he used to work in the SID department in Mankato at uh, Minnesota State and said that Thielen was a holder in his time there and was very good. But as you said off the air, yeah, that's Mankato. 
Like I, but I don't know, Phil. It looks like they are definitely thinking that maybe they don't think. Uh, and I'm not trying to be funny here that the punter was not that good a holder. But how many times? Okay, this is maybe a rhetorical question because I don't know if, if we can answer in this room. How many times last year did a bad hold lead directly to a missed kick? Do, do the Vikings have data that shows it Pro- was like seven? Well, probably they do, and we don't know. But I don't know if if Bailey came to them and was like, I don't really like the way that, that the guy holds. They, they've got a new special teams coordinator, so perhaps that guy came in and said, let's use a real athlete for all. Seriously, I don't know. I don't know. But it's, they're all real athletes, except for I the know, kicker. I know, but I'm saying, you know, a wide receiver's a real athlete. That's a, that's a man that can run. <laughs> that's a man that if something goes wrong can get us out of trouble. I don't know. Yeah. It does seem odd. I, I started covering the Vikings in 2005 with, uh, with Seifert for the Star Tribune on a full-time basis. And since then, at least here... So the holder in the first year that I covered them until he took over for Culpepper was Brad Johnson. And then it went to punters. Sage might have held here briefly, I forget. But I do not recall a wide receiver in my time covering this team ever once trotting on the field to hold for a kick. I don't think Sage held because I don't think technically Sage doesn't show up as a Viking because okay, he, he, he never probably, played in the regular season. I want to say it went Brad Johnson, Cluey, Cluey for a long, long time for long well he held. And then I think they stuck with punters. So if they, if now I think that Bobby Bryant, who was a defensive back in the 70s, did hold at one time. I think he he might have. But the point being is they haven't had a wide receiver hold, I don't know if ever. It'd be hilarious if you just had a defensive tackle hold. Just get like your biggest dude. Get a, get a, get your backup left tackle to go out there and just sit there 320 pounds. Fingers are too fat. <laughs> Gotta have those good fingers. Magic fingers. You can't tell where's the ball and where's his yeah. index, index finger. They both look the same. And his hand no goes idea. through the goalpost. Is that good? I just worry that with the Vikings kicking woes, that like Dan Bailey is gonna kick Adam Thielen's I hand off or something. Was and talking to somebody about that yesterday. There's not anyone. You got a you got a roster of 53 guys minus the kicker, so 52 mm-hmm. minus Adam Thielen because he's your best player. There's of the 51 other guys, we can't find someone to sit back there and not screw it up. I feel like I'm coming to you with information. And you are These are all the rhetorical to me, questions. And I can't sorry. answer your question. I yeah. don't know why. Yeah, you're just the messenger. I'm sorry. Yes. No. I saw it happen. I was intrigued. Do I think it's a really good idea? No. I wouldn't have him hold at all. I wouldn't have him hold a practice. If you don't think that the punter can hold, my suggestion, decide who your backup QB is going to be and have him hold. Yeah. By the way, we might have... I, I, Mr. Mankato feels like there might be a significant gap here early on. This is from Pioneer Press. Running back Alexander Madison continues to look good in Vikings training camp. Quote from Mike Zimmer, he's doing good. Can I, I He runs physical. About that. I think we might need to rewrite the rules next year. I think we might need to knock third-round picks out. Really? Yeah, I think we might need to. They're too high profile? Yeah, and Collar took this guy, and I think he's going to cruise to a win that really is hollow. I mean, it kind of depends on the year, though. Sure, right? it does. But I'm just. But I but should it be? Maybe we should draw the line at not guaranteed to make the roster. Like, if you're a fifth round pick, you're not guaranteed to make the roster. Absolutely. Right? I mean, you're no one's guaranteed to make the roster. But no, but I yes. Keep going down. Like this like path. Third round picks aren't getting cut out of training camp. Right. Fourth round picks. Well, the Vikings cut. Uh, what's his name? That offensive line guy. Uh, the Vikings cut a fourth oh, round. Willie Beavers. Willie Beavers. The offensive lineman. Pick, right? Yeah, and he was he was the <laughs> highest pick cut that that year in the entire league. But I, I think if a if a third round pick is a skill position type of guy, 
Eh, he shouldn't be included. Okay, I think well, what's done is done for oh, this year. Oh, it's done for this year. But if, if Collar took the him, will take this into consideration. Collar took him. I'm pretty sure that that he and Collar are going to win, and I feel that it's a, going to be a hollow victory. Okay, for Matthew. I mean, he's not going to admit to that. He's going to claim victory and be you know full of hubris and things. But I feel deep down inside, he's going to feel hollow. By the way, if you want to read all about Mr. Mankato, Alex Madison. Uh, the the holding competition that's really the biggest the biggest position competition right now is for third wide receiver and holder it's, <laughs> it's like sad. it's sad but sure it shouldn't be the case but it is the case scorenorth.com we are the only place in town by the way that has a daily 52 week viking show purple daily yep you know now you know now obviously training camp and the season are right around the corner but um yeah that that show is rocking in may and june and july building up momentum so you can find Purple Daily live from 2 to 4 on Score North on the Score North mobile app or anywhere you find your favorite podcast. We will wrap with Royce when we come back here after we talk about Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Talking to all you business owners out there specifically, I can empathize with you. I've been there a couple times myself as a business owner, and I know what goes into the daily grind. You love it. You're grinding. Uh, you're solving problems, taking care of employees. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running said business. To find out more information about a couple different things, number one, uh, your Federated Marketing Representative and also the industries that Federated protects, you can go to federatedinsurance.com where you're going to get a face-to-face relationship with somebody, not just a policy and some emails once in a while or some snail mail. You'll get a face-to-face relationship with somebody who is very smart and gives you more than just the bare minimum. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North. Time for the Score North download. As the boys just mentioned in the last segment, the biggest competition battle in Vikings training camp this year is for that third wide receiver position. And if you're listening to Mike Zimmer, it doesn't seem to be going too well. If they don't know what to do, they don't know where to line up, if they run the wrong route or they're moving their feet when the ball is snapped, you know, we'll keep looking for somebody else. They have not, they have not um, been precise enough uh, in these first couple of days, these young receivers, and they need to get their rear end in gear. Yikes. Good luck, young guys at the wide receiver position in the uh, Vikings training camp. Zim. Zim. Good Zim. luck there. That's Ta-zim. been your score north download. It's time. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. Thanks, Jonathan Harrison. Time to wrap with our guy, Patrick. Patrick, don't you love it? Zim, he's the anti-Rocco. He'll tell you exactly he, what he thinks. He is the anti-Rocco, but here's what my uh, question is. Uh, he's all worried about the third, the young third receivers. What's that mean about Laquan? Why is he not the third receiver, a uh, somewhat of a veteran entering year four, right? Uh, because I think this, he's dismi- I think he's dismissed him as a candidate in Zim's mind. That's uh, that's the perception I get of the thing too. So uh, like, I think that's the real story. Is uh, hey, Laquan, this guy's very upset because uh, some rookie's uh, offside. What's that mean for you, buddy? So uh, it doesn't look good for Laquan. Is he even going to make the team? I wonder. You know, got some first team reps today, but uh, I I think that he's going to have a lot of work to make this team. I mean, can he hold? If he if if he he can be the holder, I think he's on the team. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's the other new thing with Jim. What uh, the Bailey missed a couple of field goals, so we decided to blame the holders. Uh, now we got Thielen, and so maybe they want to have the fake option. Huh? Is that it? Maybe that's Jim actually Thielen or that would be Dick genius. If, if you could have, yeah, if you could just scare teams into always thinking mm-hmm. that it's a fake, maybe, uh, yeah, well, maybe it opens yeah, up the doors. Then nobody, uh, then nobody tries to pressure one of those very difficult twenty-seven-yard uh, extra points. Yeah, uh, Blair Walsh was known to miss when they were field goals. So anyway, yep. uh, I, uh, So Pat, here he is, is here. He he, a beauty, though. The stat of, and I don't know. I just, I, I was curious, and so I, I just looked this up for comparison's sake. Didn't think it would be this bad, but yesterday was the first time. The Twins won on a day the Indians lost. Uh, if you take away their head-to-head three-game series since June 29th, the first time the yes. Twins picked up a game on the Indians, amazing. Well, and yeah, I said everybody's saying, how could they lose that late? The other team was 34 and 12. That's how. Yeah. You know, I mean, they played 500 and lost. Uh, 11 games off the lead, 10 and a half games off the lead because the other team never lost. And uh, well, we'll see. I I think the uh, I, I was uh, I was very impressed the way they went down and pummeled the uh, the whiteies. Uh, Saturday uh, Saturday obviously they didn't, but uh, that was a pretty good weekend down there because you you lose to the Yankees, you're supposed to be disappointed, and then they uh, get down there and just beat the hell out of them. Can you come close to telling me at least what your assessment or opinion is? What are the New York Mets doing? They traded Vargas now to Philadelphia. They're supposedly going to trade what? Uh, Wheeler or Syndergaard. And then they acquired Stroman. Yeah, well, Vargas, I can see that. If I could get rid of him, I'd get rid of him. But uh, I think it, from what I was reading in the New York papers, Fred Wilpon, who's the owner, you know, he and his son run it, but Fred's pushing 90, right? And Fred... They thought that they were going to have a really hard time, no matter what the return was, to convince him to trade Syndergaard. And I think part of this whole thing is, okay, we got Stroman, Stroman, so we can still have a good rotation next year, so then you can let us trade Syndergaard and uh, and get a haul. I, I think it's all based on trying to mollify uh you know, old Freddie who's uh, still active as an owner and uh, doesn't because he's sick of reading every day how screwed up the Mets are and how great the Yankees are that he doesn't want to concede. So that's that's why they got Stroman, in my opinion, and to replace Syndergaard at least as a competitive pitcher, if not as as a good a pitcher. So. Yeah, man, that's uh, yeah the Mets. So well, who do we throw in the trade? Sano and who for Syndergaard? Who do they throw in? Who do they got to throw in beyond that? Hmm. How high would you have to go up the prospect? Their, high, their, their number one pitching prospect. I'm shocked at what, and I said this today on uh, on Unchained. I'm shocked all they had to give up yep. for Stroman was two. Uh, they're two best pitching prospects, but not highly ranked pitching prospects. I don't think either of them was in the top 100. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very amazed that they got him for that. I, I, I would have thought the Twins or somebody else could have outdone him on that one. So, yeah. 
Pat, but, but, where, where does Nelson Cruz? He just news came across this afternoon. American League Player of the Week. He's hit. He tied the franchise record for. <laughs> did, he, did he wind up with six straight games with a home run, or was it? Did end five. It, it was five. So he I tied Cordova and some others. That's a uh, that's my favorite. My favorite thing, Phil, is the day he hit three. I think the shortest one was 432 feet. Yeah. Uh, they were, they were a high for 420, something like that. They were all like 430. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he is. This is what I, I told these guys on the twin show earlier today. For as much as we celebrated the Jim Tomey signing and Jim Tomey's impact on the 2010 twins, Nelson Cruz, better signing and more expensive. Oh, yeah. And greater impact. He already has as many home runs. In four months, as Jim Tomey had the entire season in 2010. Now, a part of that is, uh, you know, the way the ball's flying. But, yes, well, and Tomey did not, did he play every day? Uh, no. I mean, this guy, now they're going to have to give him three days off in Miami, unfortunately. Uh, because I don't think you can risk put him in, putting him in the field, not because he'll lose a game, but because you don't want him to pop a hammy or some damn thing running around when he hasn't played all year. So you're, you're down there for three days facing a pretty good pitching staff. But it is, uh, you know, a lot of people were saying, ah, he's 39, he's going downhill. Uh, boy, he's, uh, he's great. He's a good hitter. He's a hell of a hitter. And, uh, it, it's just a, Phenomenal season, and you know, yesterday it's five to nothing, right? Yep. And they're going to win the game probably anyhow. But you know, if Gibby goes out there and gives up three, all of a sudden it's a ball game. He comes up and hits that two-run double with two outs, and there's your ball game right there. I mean, he's uh, he's clutch. He's everything. There's uh, there's nothing to argue about. And uh, you got him for fourteen million, and he's got better numbers than Harper and uh, Machado. Cheap pull <laughs> Yeah, yeah just, uh, just think if they'd spend three hundred million for him, how how good he could be cool. instead of just fourteen. Sure, they should give him more money. Should offer him give more him, money and give him ten <laughs> years. Take him through his age forty nine season, like I am. See what happens. <laughs> Is he? I think they have an option, right? Is it they 16 do sixteen or something yeah. like that. Sixteen. Yeah, they're gonna have to pick it up, aren't they? It's a no brainer now. Why not? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's. Uh, you know, if he can do this at 39, he can do it again at 40, I would guess. Who's up? Crohn's up? By the way, up? Yeah. Um, Kepler is, uh, these numbers are, he's going to get MVP votes. Uh, maybe Cruz, too. But Kepler's, you know, if he hits 40, knocks in 110 runs or some damn thing. And, uh, you know, he's, as long as they can keep him out of center field where he might hurt, hurt himself, uh, they're in good shape. Yeah, just keep him in right, Pat, and we're all fine. Where he belongs, yeah, let somebody else play. Let, Byron, let Jake come out. Oh, just keep Byron healthy, okay? Byron, here's my challenge to you. Stay healthy for the rest of the summer. By the way, the kid they gave, I said this to Judd, the kid they gave up for Jake Cave last, the throw-in they gave up last spring, yeah. he uh, just got promoted to high A. He's ripping it up. And uh, the rumors are that any trade that the Mets may, uh, that the Yankees make for a pitcher is going to include this kid, hmm. Louis Louis Gee or something. Okay. So, uh, yeah, the Yankees uh, sneaked one. You know, you you get you get all these throw-ins, and sometimes the throw-ins turn out to be okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you think we had we had Derek Falvion earlier today, and obviously, like he's not going to give you a straight answer on most of the questions <laughs> with forty eight hours before the trade deadline. But, but I said I feel like your 
your current conundrum is, or maybe conundrum is not even the right word. Maybe it's, uh, maybe they would say opportunity, I guess. But you are trying to figure out how many chips to put on this year's poker table while taking chips off of future poker tables and how much to push for a World Series win in 2019, really. I mean, that's that's what we're talking yeah. about the next 48 hours. So, I mean, is this? do you look at this team, Pat, and say, you just, yes, just pay the price, whatever it takes to add two stud arms and throttle down and... No. No, I don't do that. I, you know, I'd like to get one starter. But, uh, you know, if I could get Syndergaard without, you know, giving up all three of my best prospects, I would uh, probably do it. But uh, here's the deal. This isn't 87 and it's not 91 because you got an extra round of playoffs. You have, this is, the odds are longer. It's not like, you know, you can you can go all in and you still got a 15% chance of winning the World Series, yep. a 20% chance of winning the World Series. You can go all in and you're going to, the odds are very strong that you aren't going to win. And uh, just because there are, you'd have to beat, you know you got to beat three really good clubs. In the first round, you're going to play a really good club, three out of five. Second round, you're going to play a really good club. In the third round, you're going to play the Dodgers, who might end up winning 115 games this year. So, uh, you know, I mean, the odds are against you. So this idea that you can win and then you got a if you can go all in and you got a fifty fifty chance of winning the World Series, uh, that's not not accurate. That's not. I'm not saying you'd be stupid to do that. I'm just saying, folks, it, the odds are still very much against you. Yeah, it's not. You're not adding Kevin Durant in a in an NBA season. No, 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 no. You you don't have Curry and Clay and say let's get Durant and see if we got a chance here. Uh, but real yeah, quick, do you guys follow Noah Syndergaard on Twitter right now? Every, yeah, he's no. tweeting a lot. <laughs> he's hilarious. Is he goofy? Yes, he, he goofy? just he just posted a photo of himself at the plate, and he said, in, uh-huh. "In times when it feels like nobody wants you, at least I'll know I'll always have the hammer of Thor by my side." And it's, it's like a picture of him. <laughs> and his account says Mets pitcher, and then I think it's comma for now. Yeah, pitcher for the New York yeah. Mets for now. for now. Mrs. Met would hate to see me <laughs> traded. That's true. <laughs> Mr. Met and Mrs. Well, Met are good. great. We we got some baseball guys out there with a sense of humor, man. There's some yeah. funny guys out there. Now. And then there's Trevor Bauer. One of them. I think, well, I think he's funny, too, but uh, in a different sort of way. He's goofier now. But, uh, you know. He can he can throw to he can throw a baseball over that mountain, baby. He can. He's Uncle he Rico. Right. Yeah, that's yeah, Uncle Rico. Yeah, he can, that's right. He can throw it over that mountain. Then he had the wispy mustache for a while too. Yeah. I don't think he still does. Oh, I yeah, think he, he was carrying the wispy. He was carrying the wispy mustache. You know how long it'd take me to decide if I'd take him or not if they wanted to trade him to me. Fourteen seconds. I'd take him in a minute. I'd take him over Syndergaard. Although you got Syndergaard for two uh, two years, and you got you got Bauer for ten minutes because he says he'll never sign a long term. So no, Pat, but get I, it done. I, I, Miguel Sano for Syndergaard, and something else. You'll send him something else. Uh, yeah, I do that. I do that. But yeah, Miguel does look a little better at the plate. There's no doubt about it. Look at that. Yes, how, that how, how, right. how did it feel to engage in some reckless speculation there, Pat? Good. Uh, you know. 
Oh yeah, we like pretty it. good. We like it. Uh, Unchained, <laughs> yeah. hey. Unchained coming up. You got ten seconds to to promote it. Uh, we're very um, what you say, low key today, Judd. Low key. Yeah, much too low key. We promise to not be so low key next week. I'm sure you'll be worked up. <laughs> wow. Okay. See you. Right, Bye. See you tomorrow, Pat. That's wrapping with Royce. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Podcastable anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Don't get wildly uncomfortable. Slightly off topic.